I am going to stick with preaching prayerfully. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, boy, they hard on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I ain't looking. <laughs> if you would meet me. Amen. In the New Testament, First <laughs> Peter, First Peter chapter 5, we'll be reading uh, verses 6 through 10. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. First Peter, Peter chapter. chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. I'll say it one more time. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. And our brother Peter penned these words, or his assistant penned these words. Verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, hmm, restore you, and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. After the young people started preaching, I wanted to just, singing, I wanted to just jump right in to the message when you were singing that song, You Are God All By Yourself, because my thought today is stop worrying. Stop worrying. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for this day. Thank you for this hour. And I thank you for this time. Time, Lord, we can hear from you. Time, Lord, where we gain encouragement from you. And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for all that we have done. And we pray, God, that everything up to this point, um, you have been pleased with. And it's been a sweet smelling savor in your nostrils. It's been smelling good in your nostrils as we sang our songs, clapped our hands, and Lord, and just praised you. And I pray that you have been pleased with everything. And as we've come to this part of the service, oh, please let your word fall on good ground in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, for our young people who, as they were singing, broken up the fallow grounds in our heart that the word could be received and a seed will be planted. And then it will germinate and fruit will be the result. Lord, please hide me behind the cross. Lord, as I proclaim truth. And Lord, I want to say nothing more, nothing less than what you would have me say. But even as I ask you to guide these lips of clay, uh, Lord, you have your way as this word goes forth, that it will go forth with power and with might in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask you to bless the spiritual food that we're about to receive, that it might be nourishment to our spirit man, something that we can feast on all week long. And I pray, God, 
please that these words as I begin to speak, everyone will have understanding. No one will walk away confused. In Jesus' name, amen. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. The Apostle Peter was writing to a group of churches about five in five different locations. And he was writing to a group of people and in the culture at that time was what they call, you've heard me say it before, an honor and shame culture. In other words, the culture, it was the ones who had worth who decided. It was the society who decided who had worth and who didn't have worth. I'm going to say that again. The society decided who had worth, if you were worth something, and who didn't have worth. Society um, made that determination. If you had money, if you were high ranking, you you kind of made part of you were part of that decision making. Honor and shame. And if you didn't meet the standards of what society set forth, again, you were shamed. It was an honor and shame society. So understand, as Peter was writing to these churches, as born-again Christians, as a community of faith, they were looked upon as lower-class folk. They were looked upon like they were nothing in that society. Again, because it was a honor and shame culture. And if you didn't follow Caesar, if you didn't follow the Roman government, they didn't have no use for you. They didn't think much of you. You didn't have much worth. Mm. And because of their status as Christians, they were made to suffer. Now, at the time of the writing, it didn't start to get too, too bad. There were some other sufferings going around. But these churches had yet, yet, endured the hard suffering was about to come because Nero was on the scene at some point. And from my understanding, that was uh, Nero, the emperor. For the first five years, they say he was okay. Then after the, after the five years, he kind of lost his mind. So it was starting to get deep. Christians were going to suffer because in this honor and shame society, Excuse me, you were going to suffer if you didn't live up to the standards of the society. And Peter encourages his listeners, his audience, how to govern themselves in this culture. And in this portion of scripture, even though we talk about suffering, I'm going to Put an umbrella on that and say trials, tribulations, 
whatever's going on, Peter is trying to encourage his audience to stop worrying. And I believe that Peter gave, has given us keys. He gave his audience keys, which we can apply to our lives, on how to stop worrying. The first thing, key one, we find that in verse six. We must humble ourselves under God. It says, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he will lift you up in due time. Now, let me explain to you what's going on there. Remember, I told you that this audience was in a honor and shame culture, and they were not, Christians were not thought of um, as being some upper class. They were lower class and not, well, in fact, they were really kind of like the outcast, so to speak. But Peter encouraged his community of believers to humble themselves under, watch this, God's authority, not the society who did not think much of them. In other words, don't look for recognition for the society we live in but wait on God because God, he says, will exalt you in due time. So the first key, as we stop worrying, we must humble ourselves under God's authority. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Church? That means God's way, his way is the only way, not any other way. We must say yes to God's will and no one else's. How many of us, if you care to say it, have a problem with worry? Hmm? Things is happening and in our society and with us. How many things are coming at us that make us really worry? We're concerned about this. Concerned about that. Concerned about a, a report. Concerned about that. I don't understand. Why are my pockets empty? Why is, what, is the, what is the doctor going to say? Why don't I have friends? Am I going to pass this test? Am I good enough? Am I good enough on the job? Do we worry about that? I stopped by to tell you today. Stop worrying. Because, again, what was that? You are God alone. See, see, you are God alone. We all sang that. We all were singing. You are God alone. Key one, to stop worrying, we must submit ourselves, humble ourselves under God's authority. It wasn't a humbling of, like, just got to humble myself, go to society and do this. And yes, no. You're saying yes to God's will. You put yourself under God's authority. Are you are, are you hearing me today? Uh, 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 is this making sense? I hope this is making sense. Because remember these this church, these churches 
that Peter was addressing were going through some type of suffering, some type of trial. And the first thing he says is, humble yourself under God's authority. It's not that, you know, you've heard the term, you know what, they called me everything but a child of God. You heard that term? It wasn't like that. I mean, you got to let them know, I'm my child. No, no. It's not that kind of humbling. I'm just wasn't going to say anything. No. Humble yourself under God's authority. And we have a promise that what? He will exalt us in due time. Not my time, not your time, but in due time. So it means in his time. We must humble ourselves under God's authority. And I'm going to come back to this because this is key. Key one, first key. But I believe if you don't do this, the rest of the keys won't work. This is the bedrock. You must first humble yourself under God. Without doing that, everything else that I, that I will talk about Will not work. And I want you to stay tuned because I'm going to have some questions for you in a minute. Key two. After we humble ourselves under God's authority. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, we must throw our cares on God. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Watch this. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that again. Um, cast three quarters of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You didn't get that. So you weren't paying attention. Okay. Maybe I misread it. Cast 50% of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Oh. oh. What does all mean? Everything. But everything. Everything. Well, watch this. You can't do that if you don't do what? Humble yourself under God's authority. Because when you cast, I used to go fishing. Anybody used to go fishing? When I was young, when I was with the Boy Scouts, and what you would do, you can tell me if I'm wrong, when you go to throw your, 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 your rod out, you had to cast Cast. You you had to cast it. Why? And and the line would go and you had weight on it and you had your 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 bait, but you had to wait so that when you cast it, your line would go far out. That's the way we have to go to God with our anxiety, go to God with our issues, go to God with our problems. Go to God with our trials. We've got to cast them all, not three quarters, but all our anxiety on him. Question. Shaking your head, smiling. Yeah, you with me. How many of us cast our cares on him and then want to take it back? All the time. 
I trust you, Lord. I trust you. But then when it gets tight, I'm taking it back. Can I, can I say something to you? You are now no longer humbling yourself under the authority of God. See how I said how this works? Key two, we've got to cast all our cares on him. And let me tell you, this is real. When you're life, living this life, it's real. And when it doesn't look like things are going to work out, we have, okay, Pastor Churn, I'll, I'll leave you guys out of it. Pastor Churn sometimes want to, Lord, you, you sure I kind of want I kind of want to take hold of it myself. But if we are to stop worrying, we want to stop worrying. We have to cast all our anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. We really have to get that in our spirit. No matter how bad it looks how bad it looks. Paul encouraged his listeners. No matter what anxiety, no matter what you're facing, no matter what they're saying about you, no matter what trial you're facing, you've got to cast all your cares on God because he cares for you. And he cares for you and he cares for me. He cares for all of us. Now, I really want to be specific. He didn't say lay your cares. It says throw your cares on to God. Cast them. Mm -hmm. All of them. Hmm. I hope you're getting this. I, I, I hope this is sinking in. Um, The third key. Now, I'm taking my little time here and put a quarter in the meter here because all these trials, many of these trials and tribulations and the, the, the different sufferings that the, the church, Peter's churches were, he was addressing. Peter now gives us in verse eight, if you would, he kind of... Um, Pulls the curtain back and lets you see what what who the real enemy is. Key three, we must be mindful of the enemy's tactics. He is looking to take us down. Verse eight says what? Be self-controlled, mean discipline, y'all, and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now we see who's behind all this stuff that we're facing. He was letting those churches know. Peter was letting the churches know. Who's behind all of this suffering? Yes, he was using his agents, these human agents, to cause the suffering of the church. And today, Satan uses his angel, is his agents, agents, to cause issues with us. It says he seeks around like a roaring lion, 
seeking whom we may devour. Now, just let me tell you, be real subtle. Let me help you out with this. Um, writer Peter Green puts it this way. I like what he said, so I'm going to read what he says about the enemy. Is you know you got to you you got to stay alert, be mindful of the enemy's tactics. Let me tell you how some of the things he Peter Green puts this out. How some of the enemy's tactics. He offers to the eye, talking about Satan, unlawful appearances and seductive pleasures that he may destroy purity through sight. He tempts the ears by harmonious music, Lady D, that he may get rid of and weaken Christians' strength by hearing of a pleasant sound. He arouses the tongue to reveling. Arguments, fighting. He urges the hand to murder when it's excited by injuries. Sound familiar? He provides unjust gains that he may make a cheat. He piles up dangerous profits that he may ensnare the soul by money. Did you understand what I was saying here? Very subtle, very crafty. And if we're not careful, if we're not on alert and looking out for the enemy's tactics, we too will succumb. That's why key three, we're told to beware of the enemy's Tactics. I think you said it earlier. Uh, EF, smoke and mirrors. Please make no mistake. When they're knocking at your door, looking for money, that's real. When the pain hits you so hard and you go to the doctors and says, I got some bad news, that's real. When half the house is falling apart, and you're trying to figure out which way is which. That's real. And yet there's a tendency for us to have a knee-jerk reaction is what the enemy is waiting for. He's looking to get in. But if we could just take a step back in a deep breath, and then remember we've submitted ourselves under the, we've humbled ourselves under the authority of God. And because of that, we cast all our cares on him. The broken house, the broken finances, the broken health. We cast all our cares on him and say, okay, Lord, how are you going to handle this? Because these things are real. And they're meant to get us all excited and get us all every which way. <clears throat> But if you follow these keys, I think that's going to help you to stop worrying. Because the enemy is always looking for a foothold. Make no mistake. He's looking for that door. All he needs is a crack, a crack, a crack. And he gets in. So whatever your weaknesses are, if you know your weaknesses, shore them up. Shore them up, meaning... Um, put safeguards in place that that the enemy can't get a foothold in.
because once he gets a foothold in, he's in. I remember, just to give you an idea, Lady D and I, um, first couple of years we moved in the house, at, in the bottom of the door, there's, there's like this little, um, got a little space. And every summer, we wouldn't see one ant, but we would see the ants were on the march. They found the crack. They found a way in. Now, um, so what did Lady do and I have to do? We we had to seal up the hole. And what we did, could we could we put uh, some space or could we fill that space between the door open and the floor? No. So we got some stuff called crossfire. And that took care of that. No more ants marching in because they found a little spot where they could get it. And that's what the enemy does. He looks for a just all he needs is a spot, an area of weakness where he can get in. Is it your mind? Is it your hands? Is it your heart? He's looking to gain a foothold. Peter says, we've got to be mindful of the enemy's tactics because he's looking to take us down. Which leads me into key four. We've got to resist the devil. Stand firm in our faith and do not <clears throat> think you're in this alone. Let me tell you in verse nine, key four. Resist him, talking about the devil, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. Watch this. And, and tells us in James, it's something, uh, um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And what's the first part? Submit yourself, to God. therefore, to God. Oh, there it is again. Resist the devil and he will flee from thee. That's in James. But Peter says we are to resist the devil and stand firm uh oh, in our faith and do not think you're in it alone. Anybody here ever gone through stuff and you ask yourself, am I the only one? <laughs> I'm the only one that's going through this. Yeah. You're not. The enemy would have you think you're the only one, whatever it is. It would have you think that you're in it alone. Peter told his audience, you are not alone in the suffering. You have other people, other brothers, other sisters in Christ that are going through the suffering you're going through. You are not alone, but the enemy would have us think that we're in it alone and we're going through it all by ourselves. Key four, we are to resist the devil. We are to stand firm in our faith and do not think you're in it alone. Suffering. And the question, that's the four keys, but then the question I ask is, why do we have to go through this suffering? Before before I go further, any I'm, I'm take some I'm going to ask you, why, why do we have to go through this suffering? 
Anybody care to? Or maybe you've asked that question. Why do I have to go through? Why are you taking me through? God, why do I have to go through this? Could be <clears throat> that it would shore up our faith to see the hand of God. And also it's life. It's when people come together, circumstances happen, but God is in the midst and he's greater than our circumstance. We can watch and see how he's going to work it out for us. Mm. And it'll strengthen our faith in him as he, we come out on the other side. Ah, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor G. Deacon Ken, were you getting ready to say something? I was just saying something like that. Pastor G, that was going to make us stronger. Mm. Mm. Okay, thank you. Sister mm -hmm. Elliot, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say that. You know what, Sister Elliot, didn't hear you kind of faded out. Might be the internet. Weather couldn't hear you. Can you try it again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, a little better. I said that we all go through it so we could carry the cross like he did. Ah, ooh, ooh, thank you, Sister Emily. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say that um, sometimes it's also a discipline. Mm -hmm. He's allowing us to have be disciplined as well discipline okay and you know what i think you've answered the question all of you let's look at verse 10 somebody else has something else. oh somebody who has something else oh hey. Dickie, is that you okay uh ditto to everybody who took my answer so i was being quiet <laughs> uh also um i'm not sure if somebody explained it this way but to draw us to more intimacy to him. Ooh. Uh, because when we're more intimate, I believe that uh, our focus will be on him instead of our the situation and the worrying and all those things like that. Ah, ooh, nice. Very nice. Thank you. All great. You pretty much answered it. Let's look at verse 10. Why do we go through? And the God of all grace, watch this. Who called you into, called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you suffered a while? Will himself, what, what does it say? What's that word? Restore, Restore you and make you what? Strong. Strong. What else? And establish you. And steadfast. Wow. Is that not what you just told me? Why do we go through all of this? And Sister Emily brought it home because if we are in Christ, as Peter always would tell his audience, he's telling his audience, Christ went through it first. He went through the suffering. He went through the shame. He went through all of that for you and for me. Watch this. That we might gain what? eternal life have a right relationship with god and guess what because we're like our elder brother we too will go through that we might be strong firm steadfast in the faith and watch that as a result we too will be able to help others 
have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me today? Stop Amen. worrying. It's not easy when you get that phone call. Stop worrying when they tell you this is not this this is not happening. Stop worrying when you're on that phone. This is what nothing else we can do for you. Stop Amen. worrying. Do not do anything crazy. I got to do this. You don't have to do anything. The minute you say, I got to do, because I got to handle, you are no longer, I am no longer, we're no longer putting ourselves under the authority of God. And watch this. And our worry will increase. I like to take a a word that EF uses. It's out of um, Lady D's dictionary. You know, she's got that other dictionary. Worryation. EF uses that term. Worryation. And so um, your worryation, in quotes, um, uh, will go up even more. You worry more because we want to handle things. I can't stress enough. Agapa Tabernacle, Household of Faith Church. Stop worrying. I asked you today in the text, what, what does uh, the song Hakuna Matata from The Lion King and, 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 and the message have to do or has to do with today's message? And what no. is it? No worries. Worries. No worries. Hakuna Matata. Um, and you really can be Hakuna Matata, as you cast your cares on God, you really can really have Hakuna Matata, but you must first submit yourself, humble yourself under God's authority. And when you do that, you'll say yes to your will, his will, yes to his way. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to. Read something. I'm going to leave you with this. A story. Um, you, you all talked about faith. And, um, and, and, and so I want to leave you with this. An upscale bakery in Split, Croatia had a problem with break-ins until they put one of Hollywood's leading tough guys to work. As a joke, employees of the bakery put a life-size poster of Chuck Norris in the window along with the sign reading, the shop is under protection of Chuck Norris. When the sign went up, the break-in stopped. Sales associate Myrna Kovac says the idea worked better than anyone thought. She says everyone in town is familiar with the Norris movies. Even the thieves seem to respect him and have left the shop alone. Kovac says since the sign went up, several people have stopped in to ask for the actor's autograph. She adds, they really believe he is hiding in our storeroom, out the back, ready to pounce on any burglars. This may have been a joke, but God's <laughs> protection isn't. He watches over us daily. If he watches over us daily, that's why we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And as we're strengthened in the faith, people will begin to notice how we are 
with our faith and how we are intimate with our God. And guess what? It will draw them to the Lord because the Bible says, or the songwriter says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If you lift the Lord up in your life by not worrying, by taking keys, taking heed to the keys that we saw today in God's word, you will be lifting up God. But in while you're lifting him up, you'll be drawing men to God, drawing women, drawing children to God, but you also will be strengthened in the faith. And as Deacon Tamika said, our intimacy will grow even further. Amen. Saints, Agape, Pastor Churn, I'm going to call you out by name, Deacon Kane, EF, Sister Jada, Deacon Bob, Deacon Tamika, Lady D, Giovanna, Pastor G, Deacon Dixon, Sister Sandy, Sister Zaina, Bishop Churn, Sister Emily, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. God's got you. Please humble yourself under God's authority. He got you. He got you. All of you are going through something personally now, even as I speak. I don't have to know what that thing is or those things or those issues are. But I stop by to tell you, according uh, to a phrase from Pastor G, I stop by to tell you, God's got you. He's got you. Stop worrying. Let's pray.